Fall is in the air, and what better way to welcome the season than with new shoes, like Rothy's best-selling flats, loafers, and sneakers. Get $20 off your first purchase at rothys.com AMR. When you activate your Birdie personal safety alarm with a quick pull, the alarm emits a loud siren and flashing strobe light to help deter an attack. Right now, She's Birdie is offering our listeners 15% off their first purchase when you go to she'sbirdie.com AMR. Dipsy is an audio app full of short, sexy stories and guided sessions designed to turn you on and help you get in touch with yourself. Get a 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com AMR. Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I'm joined by Liz Waterstrot. Hello, Liz. Hi, Sarah. So you are there outside of Chicago. Does it feel like summer or fall there? It is still summer. We are still mm-hmm. in the upper 70s. Mm. But, you know, the good news about Chicago is any day now the bottom will drop out and it'll be 30 <laughs> frost and, and we'll stay that way until about April. <laughs> I like that you think it's a good thing. That's that's a nice attitude to have. Yeah. So I don't know, but I find that the light has, the quality of light has definitely changed. To me, that signifies that fall is, is about, as we record this fall is starting tomorrow. Um, But it, don't you feel that the quality of light is different, that it seems to be coming at a different slant rather than kind of straight overhead or are you not that attuned to nature, Liz? No, I'm very attuned. I could, I could give you all the scientific reasons for that, but let's just keep it simple. Yes, fall is the, the, the angle change, the uh, angle of the sun changes, doesn't it? Or our position relative to it? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah but you yeah. know, what's always caught me is the smell of fall. Mm, yes. So nice. To me, it's the smell of cross country. So I ran cross country in high school and there's definitely a smell. The smell of cross country. It's like that smell, it's earthy and leafy and it's wet grass and mud. And there's a a white painted chalk line somewhere that you need to follow into the woods. So it brings back a lot of great running memories for me this time of the year. That's nice. Is there there an O of sweat as well mixed into there? No, you don't really smell that bad in high school. I mean, the girls. Right, right. The boys. Hey, you know, you know my son boys. does not stink. It's delightful. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So, and you know, because I pick him up after dance rehearsals every day. And so he's been dancing for four hours by the time I pick him up. And he does not smell. So. You have yourself a unicorn there. <laughs> so my son does golf with a few of his little uh, guy buddies. And they huh. get in my car and I'm like, whoa, got to put the windows down. Just smells like wet dog and boy. It's only going to get worse. He's only 11. So I was about to say he's 11. My gosh, John, John 16. Yeah. It'll get worse. I'm sure. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Well, um, so it is September and I have to say that September, I decided on Sunday, it's my favorite month for open water swimming. I just love it. Um, and I am trying to get as much of it in as I possibly can. It so, is fabulous. So wait, yes. you can open water swim where you are? Yeah, well, it's in a pond. So um, are we allowed to call that open water swimming? 
Uh, of course. I'm just I'm just surprised that you have the opportunity and and that you're still out there doing it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In a bathing in a swimsuit, a bathing suit, in a bathing <gasps> costume, um, <laughs> a swimsuit. Yeah. I don't own a wetsuit. Um, yeah. So it, oh, it feels so good. It feels there is a really focus on what it felt like. And I can always feel the slight chill of the water against the outline of my body, yet I don't feel cold. Whereas in a few weeks, I mean, I'm going to, my intent is to keep swimming until late October or at least mid-October. And yes, I'm, I'm pretty hardy. Um, so, and I run beforehand, so I'm sweaty and overheated. Uh, so it feels, I remind myself that I didn't like being hot, so I shouldn't complain then about getting in cool water. Um, so, cause I can't have it both ways. I can't complain about both of them. Um, oh, you can, <laughs> I mean, no one will listen, but you can complain. <laughs> so, and, oh uh, yeah, there's, there's no, you know, there's absolutely no algae growth. There's nothing floating in the water. It's just this beautiful kind of jadish green, emeraldy green color. It's just, oh, it's heaven. It is heaven. Oh my gosh. Um, last Friday, I played a little bit of hooky and went running and swimming, which I typically don't do on a, I was going to say a school day on a work day. I dropped off my son and his school's North of us. And then the pond is even further North. So I'm like, well, I'm partway there, whatever. Um, and all the rest of the day, I was like, oh, I just want to go back and go swimming again. Uh, (laughs) Well, you know, on that note, I'm really feeling inspired to go to the pool today. So our normal pool was drained. Mm. And so I, this funny story, I went there, they told us, you know, the pool is going to be drained on Friday. So I went there Thursday night at 7 PM uh-huh. and there was a sign up that said, we are draining the pool at 7 PM. And I said, Oh no, you're not. I'm here to swim. And if there is water in that pool, I am getting in to swim. And so the woman said, you could try to go in there. I haven't seen the guys draining it yet. So I go in and there's probably a good six inches of water missing. Like the lane lines are <laughs> kind of like hanging low and I'm in there swimming and the maintenance guy comes out and I said, listen, as long as there's water, I'm good to swim. Right. He's like, you go do whatever you need to do. I mean, I'm oh like, gosh. I'm going to turn and, and I don't like to flip turns. So I'm, I'm grabbing the wall. It's like, I'm reaching up to the gutter <laughs> but um, so our normal pool has been drained and it's being cleaned. And that means we have to go to this other pool and the water is at least 84 degrees. Ugh. Oh, Ugh. I know. So, so thinking about like open water swimming, ponds, crisp fall. No, yeah. I'm, I'm going to go and we'll probably need to use a pull buoy the whole time just to keep my effort low. Yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh. I can't stand swimming in an overheated pool. Oh, the feeling of sweating into a warm pool. I just find repulsive. Oh, I used to, uh, when I lived in Wellesley, Massachusetts, I worked out at a a very nice gym that catered to um, an elderly population. So they kept their pool warm enough for aqua aerobics. I'm like, come on people. I feel like a lobster here. So, <laughs> well, good for you for standing your ground and being like, yes. no, the pool was not supposed to be drained tonight. No, 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 no. They, you have to stick with the communication you put up. You can't yeah. all of a sudden change it. Yeah, exactly. People have planned things here, people. So, 
All right. Well, we are not talking about swimming in this episode. This today's topic is our it's our latest installment of our Run in Her Shoes series. Today we're talking to a plus size runner, or as we'll be saying in this episode, fat, about what it physically feels like to put in miles in a larger body and how it feels mentally to look different from what many in our culture, including far too many running apparel brands, think a runner looks like. Our guest will join us after this break. Stay with us. Whenever I'm not sporting running shoes, it's critical I'm wearing comfortable footwear. Gone are the days when cute was enough. Now comfort is queen. And that's where Rothy's comes in. Rothy's surveyed thousands of customers, and the number one word used to describe their shoes is comfortable. That's because Rothy's shoes' unique seamless design is crucially comfortable the moment you put them on. No hot spots, no break-in, just straight from box to feet comfy. Rothy's fan favorite styles are sustainably made with materials like plastic water bottles and available in tons of shapes, styles, colors, and patterns. Oh, how I love the patterns, especially the animal prints and camouflage. And don't fret if they get dirty as you kick through fallen leaves. Rothy's are fully machine washable, making Rothy's durable, washable, and better for the planet. Plus, they're rigorously tested for a perfect fit wash after wash. I'm loving a new style called the Driver, a modern spin on a classic driving shoe. The navy sapphire color is calling my name. To help you welcome the fall season in style, Rothy's is doing something special, extra special. That's right, they gave us the chance to share this super rare opportunity with our listeners for a limited time. Right now, you can get $20 off your first purchase at rothys.com AMR. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash AMR. Head to rothys.com slash AMR to find your new favorites today and save $20 off your first purchase. rothys.com slash AMR. Shorter daylight hours are a bummer for morning and evening runners alike for a variety of reasons. But regardless of whether you run in the dark or not, you need to stay safe. With Birdie, you can rack up your runs with added peace of mind. Birdie is a personal safety alarm designed to be easy to carry and simple to use. A Birdie is the size and shape of a regular keychain, yet when you activate your Birdie with a quick pull, the alarm emits a loud 130 decibel siren and flashing strobe light to help deter an attack. I confess, I haven't sounded the alarm. I take my host testing duties only so far, yet I'm told 130 decibels is as loud as a jet plane flying 100 feet over your head. Whew. Unlike pepper spray or other deterrents, Birdie is no danger to you. Feel confident to use it without the worry. Birdie was created by two moms, in part because they wanted their kids to be safer when they headed off to college. Birdie goes where you do. The alarm comes in a dozen colors and has a brass keychain, so you can attach it to your keys or bag. It stows easily in the pocket of your capris or jacket. Right now, She's Birdie is offering our listeners 15% off their first purchase when you go to she'sbirdie.com AMR. Go to She's Birdie, spelled S-H-E-S-B-I-R-D-I-E dot com slash AMR for 15% off your first purchase. She's Birdie.com slash AMR. At Another Mother Runner, we take the job of promoting health and wellness for women seriously, whether it's helping women reach a starting line, foam roll more consistently, take a needed rest day, or connect with their sexual self. That's why we support and promote Dipsy. Dipsy is the audio app full of short, sexy stories and guided sessions designed to turn you on and help you get in touch with yourself. The stories are immersive and relatable, so you can select the scenario of your choice, no matter who you're into or what turns you on. Dipsy also serves up wellness sessions to help you learn more about yourself. One series I'm loving is Tough Love with Freddy. The sessions are just three minutes long, yet they truly help shift the way you see yourself. At least it has for me. But let's get back to sexy stories and a testimonial from a grateful listener. 
One Midwestern runner emailed us, I've struggled with low libido for multiple years, and like many moms, it has been more challenging since my kids were born. I talked to my doctor about it and even tried a medication, but it didn't seem to help. I heard about the Dipsy app on the AMR podcast and thought there was nothing to lose on a 30-day free trial. I was pleasantly surprised how easy it was to relax with the audio. The stories are tasteful and well-produced. The best part has been how effective the stories are for sparking the mood. Each one is about 10 minutes and they quickly get me turned on to intimacy. It might seem odd to send a thanks for this recommendation, but I truly feel like it's going to be a very positive thing for my marriage. As she said, for listeners of this show, Dipsy is offering a 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash AMR. That's a 30-day free trial when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash AMR. Dipsystories.com slash AMR. I want to welcome Jill Angie, a running coach who specializes in helping larger bodied runners get started running. Jill herself is a plus size runner and triathlete, as well as a personal trainer and life coach. Jill is a mother of two cats. Her Jill's coaching business and podcast is called Not Your Average Woman. She also wrote a 2018 book with the same title and the most excellent subtitle, Not Your Average Runner, Why You're Not Too Fat to Run and the Skinny on How to Start Today. I sense Jill has a lot to say on our topic, so we'll jump right in. Welcome, Jill. So glad you could join us. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Good. So Jill, I understand you've been a runner for over two decades. What's your running background? Tell us more about it. Uh, So (laughs) I started running to lose weight, which I think a lot of people do um, when I was in my 20s. And I, you know, I just kind of muddled through with it. I kept, I kept struggling to get the results that I wanted also with weight loss, but also like just feeling good about it. So I would start and quit and start and quit, but eventually I kind of figured out a rhythm that worked for me. And I sort of gave up on the weight loss piece of it and said, Hey, you know what? I'm fat and I'm running and this is working out. Okay. So I I mean, I, I think like I was inconsistent for quite a while, but I, I didn't have a coach. I didn't really have anybody to, to look to until, I mean, coincidentally, when I was training for my first half marathon, I discovered, um, the, another mother runner podcast and would like, listen to you guys for like hours and hours on my training runs. So, um, (laughs) but I think because I never really had the, the role models out there when I was getting started, I, I struggled a lot. And then when I figured it out on my own, I thought, okay, I got to help other people do this. Nice, Nice. So is that how you got started in your coaching business was just, you wanted to help other people people figure it out and inspire them as well? Yeah. So I actually, I, I had a nine to five corporate job for many years and I was feeling sort of unfulfilled by it. And I thought I want to do something different. So I'm going to become a personal trainer. I'm going to work with plus size women. And I started doing that. I quit my job, opened my own training studio. It was going really well, but I noticed that a lot of my clients wanted to learn more about running and that I just thought, you know what, like that's actually kind of a niche market that nobody's really helping. And so it sort of evolved from there. I wrote a book and called not your average runner. And it just, it kind of blew up because it (laughs) turns out there was a lot of like larger bodied women out there that wanted to do this. So yeah, it all happened very organically. It was definitely not pre-planned, but I'm super happy with how it all worked out. 
That's how the best running businesses start is very <laughs> organically and unplanned. Says the person yes. whose business was just like prompted by our publicist saying, you got to get out there and hustle. Just do it. Just do it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, Jill. So let's talk nomenclature. As I was writing the notes for this interview, I asked you and our next guest, if you were okay with us using the word fat, as many of us know, there's a movement to destigmatize that adjective, which for a long time was used to discriminate people. And some might argue it still is being used that way. I loved your response, including the extra adjectives you threw into the mix. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, I think I sort of reclaimed the word fat for myself a while ago because I mean, it's, it's a pretty accurate word, right? Like I'm, I'm five foot four, five foot four and a half on a good day. I weigh about 250 pounds. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm not the fattest person I know. I'm definitely not the skinniest person I know. I'm just kind of like a medium sized fat person, I guess. But I think for me, once I just started like calling myself fat, then it really couldn't hurt me for mm -hmm. anybody else to use that word. I'm like, fine, I'm just going to use it on myself, but it's an easy word to say. It's <laughs> you can spell it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, yeah, exactly. Um, but I do, I do like, I, I've asked my own clients a number of times, like, what are the adjectives that you like to use? And, mm -hmm. and they're, you know, like a lot of people say, just call me fat, just call me plus size. Uh, some folks are like, I like fluffy. I like thick, like there's a million different words for it. But mm -hmm. I think as I've been sort of reclaiming my own, uh, body autonomy and just saying like, Hey, you know, I get to be the size I want. And, and I don't really care, you know, what other people's opinions are. Then I've, I've come up with even more adjectives. And <laughs> I mentioned before that, so I've been, uh, I have this goal to deadlift my own body weight, which is 250 nice. pounds. So like, that's a, that's a chunk of weight to deadlift. I'm, wow. I've made it to hundred pounds. I'm really proud of myself. Yeah. Um, but as I've been doing that, I've been watching my, my butt get bigger and I've <laughs> always had a pretty big butt, but now it's like really like it's lifted and it's like really round. And so now I'm like, Oh my God, look at my butt. It's just glorious. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I love that. There's a photo of you. I guess it's on your website, maybe of, uh, it says, what does it say? It says something like, I hope your day is as great as my butt or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a, yeah. It's one of my t-shirts. I absolutely love it. Nice. <laughs> so I, I love your perspective on this. Um, I'm wondering though about your body. So, you know, physically being fat, as, as you say, how does that affect your body when you're running? That's an awesome question. And I have so many people that are like, oh, but your knees are going to be destroyed. And here's what I have found when I don't strength train my body, when I don't take care of the rest of my body outside of running, then yeah, I, I have had knee problems and I have, uh, I have a torn meniscus on one side. I have um, osteoarthritis in both knees and I've been to doctors and so forth. And it wasn't until... But I've been to doctors who have said, this is a terrible idea. You should not be running. And I'm like, okay, yeah, thank you. Next doctor, please. Yeah, <laughs> I, no refuse, I refuse to take that. But I also um, found that once I like really dug into the strength training, went to physical therapy and like dealt with the imbalances in my, um, in my body that were creating the problems, like my knee issues have gone away completely. And so I know that's not 
absolutely everybody's experience, but, you know, anecdotally, like from all the clients that I've worked with and from my own body, I know that the, that our joints are only as good as the, the muscles that are supporting them. So I put a lot of time and effort into creating a musculature that can help me run at any size. And so I, yeah, I don't really have any injury issues anymore since I've really kind of jumped hard into the strength training. That is fabulous. I love that joints are only as good as the muscles that support them. That is a good way of looking at it. Um, so let's talk about speed and, and weight a little bit. So, um, I've certainly, you know, as I've been going to set some PRs for the half marathon or the marathon, I've toyed with the idea of losing weight myself that I've read that, you know, that I'm sure we've all seen them, that, um, there's results of studies that show a correlation between body weight and race times and, I've done the math a bunch of times, it, you know, it says that a runner loses an average on average 1.4 seconds per mile per pound. So then if you carry an extra 10 pounds, say you're adding 14 seconds per mile to your run. And for me, when I was trying to qualify for Boston, literally every second counted. And as I'm 5'11 and anywhere between 160 to 180 pounds, depending on what year it was, I've had weight that could be lost if I, if I tried. Um, so that's a long wind wind up to the question. I personally have never done it. Cause I'm just like, mm -mm, no, I like my desserts too much. I, I like the way I eat. I'm not going <laughs> to do it. So, so have, have you ever tried to lose weight to be able to run faster with the same effort? I mean, 100% I have tried that in the past and yes, when I've weighed less, I'm faster. Like it's, mm -hmm. it's a, for sure. Direct correlation. Like the math is it's, it's physics. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but I do find that when, when my brain goes to, I need to lose weight so that I can run faster. Mm -hmm. It sets up a cascade of a lot of negative self-talk and a lot of like perfectionist thinking that mm -hmm. ends up in me gaining weight mm -hmm. pretty much every single time. And, uh, what I've decided is, and first of all, like it's, maybe part of the issue is it's really not that important to me to run faster. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I think like that there's a, a growing faction of the running world that really feels that way. They're just like, Hey, I'm just out there like to, you know, feel the breeze mm -hmm. and move my body and enjoy myself. And I really don't care if I come in dead last in a race because mm -hmm. I just want to have fun. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm more of that type of person. Although when you get to you know, you get to, oh, this is my dream race. Like, oh, I want to qual qualify for Boston or I want to run this race. And there's a five hour cutoff mm -hmm. for the marathon. Mm -hmm. Then like, yeah, that, that is a factor. And you kind of have to make that decision. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for, for me, every single time it's been, it's just kind of like set up this cascade in my brain that ends up in me gaining weight. Mm -hmm. And so I've just said, you know what, screw it. I'm, I'm not going to do that anymore. Cause I'm, really happy with what I'm doing now. And I don't need to, I don't want to mess it up any further, yeah. I guess. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Whereas I just get to the, yeah, I'm happy with what I'm doing and stop there. So <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I think that's exactly it because I think a lot of times we, a lot of my clients come to me thinking like, well, the whole point of running is so that you can go faster. And in every runner's life, there's going to be that day where it's your fastest run you've ever done. And it's never going to be that fast again, mm -hmm. right? Because we age. And mm -hmm. so I kind of think if you're, if you're putting all of your expectations on, I have to be getting faster so that I can feel good as a runner or as a person, mm. you're really setting yourself up for failure. Cause there's going to come a day when you, 
Yep. That's it. That's the fastest you're ever going to run. And it's downhill from there. So no doubt. it's, it's uphill from there, actually. Yeah. Uphill, so. yeah exactly. <laughs> Unfortunately, exactly. yeah, I'm going up that hill and, uh, and it is very much uphill. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's, um, and, and as you say, it is, it is not every runner's goal to go faster and that neither, and neither should it be. So, yeah. um, yeah, we got a email a long time ago from a listener who was like, you know, I don't have any desire to go faster. Stop making it sound like that's what everybody wants to do. And it really stuck with me. So, um, interesting. So Jill, <laughs> do you think that people misunderstand what it's like physically to be a heavier runner? Are there myths out there that you think need to be dispelled? Oh, that's such an interesting question. Okay. So <laughs> I've actually had this conversation with my, with my personal trainer, Cause I've said to her, well, I could go faster if I weighed less and she's not my running coach. She's strictly a strength coach, but she challenges me. And she's, she says, and she's very thin. She's probably, I don't, she's like super tall and thin, but she has said to me, why do you want to put that limitation on yourself? That your speed is a function only of your weight. And why wouldn't you say like, okay, well, this is how much I weigh. How fast can I get at this weight? If, if pace is something that you're chasing, Mm. And, and I was like, wait, <laughs> cause most, I think that most people would say the heavier you are, the slower you're going to be. And there's really not a lot of leeway that the only mm-hmm. way to get faster is to lose weight. But mm-hmm. she's, she's been challenging my thinking, which I realize is not actually answering the question that you had, but it was, <laughs> it was kind of like a reverse misconception that I personally had yeah, yeah, that's interesting. in yeah. myself, but yeah, I, I mean, it is it is more physical effort to run when you're in a heavier body. I mean, if you, if you weigh 150 pounds and you put on a hundred pound backpack, right. Mm -hmm. You're going to get a feel for what it's like to, to carry that weight around. But I think the misconception is that just because you're heavier, you can't be a runner (laughs) or that you can't do long distances. I have two clients right now that, um, are larger bodied training for one of them is training for the Bryce Canyon endurance run, which is a hundred miles. And another one, I can't remember the name of the, uh, the race that my other client is doing in October, but right. So I think there's that misconception that if I have a, a larger body, that, uh, endurance running is not for me that can't go the distance. And I'm like well, hundred miles, like you're going to need to tap into some fat stores. So actually maybe you <laughs> have an evolutionary advantage. Exactly. Right? <laughs> Look at that. It's why women are sometimes, you know, beating men, uh, you know, a lot of times beating men in ultra marathons. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, let's talk about athletic apparel and running clothes. So I wear a 10 or 12 in work or casual clothes, um, which these days are the same thing. Um, (laughs) and I can barely fit into a Nike size extra large, which is the brand's largest size or was the last time I looked because I stopped looking. Um, what has been your experience, Jill, finding running gear that fits and works for your size and shape? Well, let's just start out with saying, I feel your pain yeah. because, oh my gosh, <laughs> right? Like I would say I'm, I'm about a size 20 mm-hmm. to a 22, depending on, you know, the brand. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've, I've gone to running stores and it's frustrating because you walk into a running store and you're like, yay, I'm going to buy some gear. I'm a runner. I've been, and, and they're like, here's our shoes mm-hmm. and our mm-hmm. socks. Mm-hmm. They'll fit you. Mm-hmm. You know, here's some running fuel. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so that's, that's a little bit frustrating. There are some brands that have started to embrace the fact that, that runners and athletes come in all shapes and sizes. And, and I certainly applaud them. I think that now, now there are quite a few brands that go up to a three X in at least some of their sizes. Although I, Honestly, I think three X is not necessarily inclusive enough. Cause I've, I've got some clients that are very successful runners that wear a four X mm-hmm. and they have like even more limited, but mm-hmm. it's, I think it's, it's just frustrating. Cause I'm like, listen, I got money to spend mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> on your clothes. Yeah. And I would buy a lot of them and I would tell the world about them if you would just make them in my size. So yeah. there's, uh, there's work to be done. Progress has been made. There's work to be done. There's one brand that I work with, um, pretty, uh, pretty much all the time. And it's a company called skirt sports and oh, they yeah. are very dedicated to inclusivity and they make the cutest gear. So I do, I got to put in my plug for, uh, for skirt sports, but yeah, it's, I don't know. It's improving, but it's not great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, Wazelle, uh, I think they yeah. carry up to 22 or 24, maybe in a lot of their stuff, but you know, it, I, I think it's a lot of online shopping. Um, yeah, yeah. That's very frustrating. I know Athleta, Athleta Mm -hmm. now has all their sizes in store, but I think, I don't think Lululemon does. And Lululemon only goes up to a size 20. And so some of their stuff Mm. is too small for me, which is, you know, again, so frustrating because it's cute stuff, but that must be new uh, that they've gone up to 20. Cause I haven't shopped in Lulu in a long, long time. I it's very new. It's the past within the past 12 months. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Huh? Yeah. Cause it, I mean, it used to be kind of rare that they, sometimes they would just stop at 10 and that's like, Oh, found a 12. Woohoo. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Huh. agree. I had, I had some thoughts and opinions about Lululemon for many years, <laughs> <laughs> which I will keep to myself. <laughs> so what do you say when a, a client comes to you and they want to take up running with the expressed intent to also lose weight, you know, which, how do you, how do you coach them through that? How do you set up the expectations? Oh gosh. Yeah. I I usually just say like, Hey, running is a really bad weight loss strategy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and I, I know tons of people that can coach on weight loss and I'll certainly refer them to, you know, outside. like, that's definitely not, it's clearly not my, uh, my jam, but I I mean, I, I don't fault anybody for saying, Hey, I want to lose weight. I totally get it. There's been many times in my life where that's been my, my desire and wish as well. But I think that there's like this, this misunderstanding that running burns a ton of calories and Mm -hmm. it really, I mean, unless you're going to go out and run 20 miles, like Mm -hmm. in which case, then you're so freaking hungry afterwards. (laughs) You're like, all right, I would like an entire pizza, right? It's, I think that weight loss is really done in the kitchen and in the mind. And I, I don't think running is a great strategy for it. I think it's great as part of an overall self-care self-love, uh, program for sure. I think running fits in really well. And if weight loss is part of that program, that's great. But I, you know, I mean, anybody who's ever trained for a half marathon knows like you just, you end up like the same or heavier at the end, unless you're like super careful with everything that you eat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I always tell my athletes that endurance sports is, is not a weight loss plan. In, in fact, it's a terrible weight loss plan because you can't be out there doing stuff for two, three, four hours and not get hungry. Yeah. Or not be fueled it, for, for sure. And I really think it kind of jacks with your metabolism a little bit too. Mm-hmm. Like it, it just, 
it's not, it's terrible weight loss strategy, (laughs) which is such a bummer because (laughs) if you like pay attention to what the diet industry is saying, like you, it's like, oh yeah, just go, go run three times a week and you'll drop 20 pounds. It's like, no, this Mm -hmm. is not how it works. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think it, I think it works sometimes for some men. Um, mm-hmm. yes. my, my husband's heavier and you know, he can, he can go for a whole bunch of three mile walks and he loses weight. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, that's not fair. Um, <laughs> not. So, Agreed. So I like how you said that weight loss starts in the kitchen and also the mind. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about the mental side of running with your clients, many of whom I would assume are novice runners. I suspect you work on making them feel welcome in the running community. And so do you feel like that's a tougher hill to climb for, for fat runners? Oh, that's such an interesting question. So I do think that it is. And I think back to, you know, when I was first started doing races, when I showed up to my first triathlon and I was literally the only fat person there, I'm looking around going, oh my goodness, are they going to kick me out? Like, am I, do I belong here? And so I, I think that, yeah, if you're on your own, if you're approaching running as a thing that you're trying to figure out on your own, then there can be you know, potentially the impression that you don't belong because there are, you know, when you go to a race, like most of the people are on the thinner side, that's just, uh, it's just the way it is. So I think with, um, with my clients and the community that I've built, I'm, I'm super welcoming. I'm, I, cause I post a lot of, I've posted pictures of myself in a bikini and like all the things right on my Instagram. Cause I want, I want them to see a body like theirs and say, Oh, if she can do it, I can do it. And then you know, then once they, you know, when they start working with me, we work a lot on their mindset and their thoughts about themselves and their body and their confidence level when it comes to running so that they can, you know, feel, feel proud of themselves and feel like they belong and feel like they have people around them that understand. And I find that, you know, when, when my clients join my community, and they see everybody else in the same, like, oh, she's like, she's the same size as me. And she just ran a marathon that so it like helps shift their thinking from, I don't belong. This isn't something for me to, oh, maybe, maybe this is possible. And, and once you start thinking that way, you become more consistent with your running and you start challenging yourself more and you get really good results. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that's true for any, um, you know, group that, feels othered, you know, that just, yeah. just, if they can see more of people like themselves in the running community, then it's yeah. like, Oh, okay. There, you know, there's other fat people. There's other black chicks. There's other Latinas, you know, there's other yep. trans runners, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so, um, has anyone ever directly made like a negative weight or size related comment to you while you're running at a race or on the treadmill at the gym? Or, I mean, have you, had kind of haters spew stuff at you in person? <laughs> Honestly, not that I'm aware of. Mm. And I, I always say to people that I think I manage my own thinking and mindset about my body and how it fits into the running world. I manage that so well mm-hmm. that I believe other people could come up to me and shout in my face, you're too fat to be a runner. <laughs> and I would just be like, I'm sorry. I didn't, I don't understand what you're saying. Like (laughs) I I would just be confused. So I'm sure it has happened. I'm sure that, you know, people have said stuff and within, and I just haven't paid attention, but I, I mean, 
I'm trying to think like, I've had people comment on my weight when I wasn't running. I've definitely had that happen. Mm. And, um, and just, I've just, it kind of has shocked me. Cause I always think like, wow, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go up to somebody else and say, Hey, did you know you're fat? But right. some people think it's okay to like yeah, <laughs> say yeah. that to other people, but no, I, I, I really haven't. And I've had people cheer me on and, and say, good for you. Or, you know, I had a neighbor once that was like, Oh, I can tell you're losing weight. And I'd actually gained like 20 pounds. <laughs> but I don't know, even when people comment on my body, whether it's positive or negative, I'm just like, whatever, it's my body. It's none of your business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right it, it's so odd. I mean, I'm, I'm a lighter weight person. And I once had someone come up to me at a race and they said, Oh, I know about you. I just expected you to be much taller and blonde. I thought to myself, but, and, and I'm, I'm really short. I'm really small and my hair is very dark. So I thought that's such an odd thing. What would compel someone to say that? No, mm-hmm. but sometimes filters just aren't there. I, they're not, they're not. <laughs> so any takeaways you want to leave with uh, lighter weight listeners? Oh, gosh. <laughs> That's a loaded question. Bug off my drone business. I know. (laughs) I think uh, probably two things. One is, you know, please don't assume that somebody who's larger bodied and running is running specifically to lose weight. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, uh, don't assume that they're running to lose weight. Don't assume that they're unhappy in their own body because it, it is possible to be fat and look in the mirror and just say, my God, you're amazing, right? It's totally possible. So if you see somebody who's out there running, don't assume that they're trying to lose weight or that they're unhappy in their body. So that would be number one. And then number two would be, if you see somebody who's plus size or larger body at a race or out running, don't assume they're a beginner. And I've Mm -hmm. had people come up to, I'll be like my 10th half marathon. They're like, oh, so this is your first race. I'm like, oh boy, no, Wow. (laughs) Not, not even close. So don't assume that somebody who's larger bodied is just starting out because it's possible that they have been, you know, doing this for 25 years and, um, they just enjoy running in a larger body. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Jill, I encourage people to listen to your podcast to get more of your goodness because you got a lot of it to share. So thank you. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks, Jill. Okay. Well, I want to humble brag for just a second about, um, one of the spheres that I work on for another mother runner, which is our mother runner store, because I am very proud of the fact that we carry apparel, particularly our tops from extra small all the way up to four XL and, um, listening to Jill talk just then I thought, you know, the problem is sometimes people don't know that we sell two X, three X, four X. So hear it. Now we sell those sizes and we have some pretty gosh, darn cute, tank tops and we have some new lifestyle tees coming out hoodies. And then, um, when we do carry bottoms, we typically try to go as big as our supplier will accommodate for us. And we have actually had Corsa made some custom stuff for us. So we hope that's going to happen again in the near future. So anyway, enough about the store. You can see it all for yourself at anothermotherrunner.com and just click on the store link up at the top. Again, that URL, anothermotherrunner.com. Our podcast today was produced in Portland, Oregon by Alex Ward from Sounds Like Pictures. Many happy miles. Mm